the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey everybody, welcome back. We got an inspiring dude today. And after, I think you're going to say, what's my excuse for not, you know, making an impact? This guy has got a story that's going to blow your mind. Make sure you listen right till the end. Um, really awesome dude. His name's Winston Clements. I'm going to get into his full story in just a minute, but I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I can really tell how, why this guy has become successful in his life is because of his mindset. He, he has dealt with a lot of stuff that most people couldn't handle. It's just no, there's no doubt about it. And just the way his, just his positive attitude at life um, and his sense of humor and just, just a real genuine nature. I can just see this guy is going to make so much impact and change so many lives. So I really, really love this conversation and we're going to get right into it with, with Winston Clemens. Make sure you guys check it out. If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't reviewed, make sure you go do it. Then you get on top of all the newest shows and you know what? You get to review it and you get to give your feedback and every single review, I know it can be a pain, but every review matters and we look at them and I really genuinely appreciate if you take the time. So anyways, guys, we're going to get right into it. Winston Clemens coming right up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest was predicted to live a life of isolation and pain due to a rare bone disorder that stunted his growth and caused his bones to be extremely fragile, fracturing more than 150 times all by the age of 12. Despite his small stature, three feet tall, and his use of a wheelchair, he has taken a stand for the quality of life and knows no limits. These days, he is a speaker, a trainer, and empowering audiences worldwide to break through their own barriers and become successful in their own lives. His mission is to inspire 1 million people so they can unleash their full human potential. And in 2008, he delivered a TEDx talk titled, Your Limitations Are an Illusion that has had massive impact online. And guys, I have checked this out. It's awesome. Amazing speaker. He's um, got great energy and we, we will learn a lot from him. So I'm really excited to have him on. Winston Ben Clements, welcome to the show, man. Hey, amazing to be here, dude. Excited to have you. And, you know, like we talked before in the, before we started recording, um, I just love the different stories, the different people I come across because there's so many lessons we can learn from everybody, right? And your story is super powerful, man. Just from, from hearing about, you know, just from when you were born to what you've had to go through. And I really am excited to dive into this. So man, maybe take us back. Um, you know, when you're, you know, when you started to notice or when you were born and when you started to notice that this was actually difficult and maybe let's just go through your story, man. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So let's go, let's turn back time. Um, so yeah, so when I was born, you know, I, I guess I was born with this condition known as brittle bone disorder, uh, which is what you just touched on. And I guess for me, because I've had the condition from birth, I haven't really, because one of the questions that I get is, you know, 
is it hard having this condition and you know being in a wheelchair breaking all these bones but to be honest i haven't really got anything else to compare it to right um but the way it manifested itself was you know on a i guess a day-to-day level i would be at much higher risk of breaking my bones and you can imagine i'm sure you remember Lance when when you was a, a kid and you wanted to play in the playground, maybe you wanted to play soccer or play other sports um, and be with your friends. Um, I wanted to do all of those same things as well. But the problem was for me, being in the playground meant I would be at risk of having a serious injury. Um, because whereas maybe you could, you know, fall over, you know, play with your friends and just get up and dust yourself off and be fine. Um, for me, falling over would have probably meant multiple broken bones, would be broken arms, broken legs. It would be very unpleasant. And I guess, um, I guess this was the biggest thing that characterized my childhood. You know, being in and out of uh, emergency, having tons of surgeries, um, and just being um, just being unable to participate in life in the way that I would have liked to. Um, and I always say, I always had this intuition. I always believed that, you know, I was put into this world for a reason, to have a big impact. Um, but in those moments when I was stuck in bed, unable to feed myself, unable to, you know, to do the basics, um, I sometimes struggled thinking, you know, am I ever going to be able to, to achieve any sense of um, normal life with a body that doesn't support me to even do the basics? Right. What kind of what kind of support did you have growing up? Did you have a family that was that was helping you a lot, or you know, did you have yeah. obviously caretakers and stuff? But was there that love and support that was really installed into you at an early age, also? Yeah, correct. So my family, you know, they've been my biggest support throughout. So, um, you know, I I am the oldest of three. I've got two younger sisters. Um, and they're fully able-bodied and, you know, nobody else in my family has, you know, any profound disability. So I'm pretty much the only one. But, you know, like families do, most families, you know, they're very accepting, very supportive. And in fact, they challenge me a lot, you know, because I guess they, they could also see that I was capable of achieving great things if I put my mind to it. And I guess maybe a good story here would be uh, the story of my first day at school. Um, you know, this was going back to the age of about four or five, uh, maybe six. That's a long time ago now. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it goes by quick. It goes by quick, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember kind of rocking up on that first day at school, and you know, this was the first time I'd been in this new environment, right? The classroom environment where I was surrounded by other children and teachers and basically a whole new set of people who hadn't seen someone who looked like me before, right? And so, you know, so I remember at the end of that first day going home and saying to my parents, you know, mom, dad, I, I don't want to go back to school tomorrow because um, because I didn't really feel like I belonged. You know, none of the other kids approached me to play with me, to speak to me. Um, the teachers, I could tell, you know, even at that time, I could tell they were quite cautious. They didn't really know how to handle me because I guess they had been briefed that, you know, you kind of need to be careful with this guy. He's, he breaks his bones very easily. 
Um, and so I didn't really have a good, you know, first few days at school. But one really cool thing that my parents encouraged me to do was just to be more proactive. Um, so, you know, I was complaining that the other kids, nobody came up to me, nobody came to talk to me. Oh, poor Winston, you know, oh, lonely and stuff. Um, but they actually flipped it and said, why don't you be the one to approach them? You know, why don't you go and introduce yourself to them? You know, tell them your name, you know, start engaging them in conversation because I guess we're thinking that in life, you don't always get things handed to you on the silver platter, right? Sometimes you've got to go out and be proactive. Um, and yet, you know, funny enough, when I was, you know, able to just kind of put my insecurities aside and, you know, talk to people, show my personality, tell my my good jokes and my bad jokes, you know, all of a sudden, I guess the other kids, the teachers, they just realized that ah, Winston's just a normal dude. This one is just one of the, one of the guys. So um, I guess probably a lesson to anyone who's listening to this, you know, when you find yourself in those situations which initially might feel like a disadvantage, um, don't sit back, don't play the victim. See whether there is any way you can be proactive or maybe ask yourself, what is this situation teaching me and see how that can enable you to move forward from there. Right. Yeah, no, that's... Um... It's super, super powerful that you have that, that outlook on the situation because as a kid, growing up is hard enough as it is and, you know, with bullies and just trying to fit in, but having that, being able to take what you had and actually go with it. You know, there's a lot of kids that have a lot, all the talent, all the everything, all the personality, and yet they're still struggling. And for you to be able to do that with that condition is, is amazing. Do you, did you find it challenging that, because sometimes when someone has a disability, I have one of my best friends is in a wheelchair and what used yeah. to frustrate me and, and him used, used to work, you know, it doesn't anymore because, you know, moved on and understand it, but is when people try and speak, they speak to you differently because they, they see you as a disability. So they talk to you like you're five years old, like you're not. And, and that used to just get me upset because it's like, Hey man, like he's, he's all there. Like he's just. Mm-hmm right? Did you find that as, do you still find that as people will just assume that, I don't know, like they'll, that they, you're, that what's happened is, is kind of like in like the way you speak in the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I'm not going to say it happens all the time, but it does happen from time to time. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's almost, I don't think it's malicious on their part, but I think no. sometimes there's a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, ignorance or a lack of education maybe is a better way to put it, around disability. And so, you know, you see somebody in a wheelchair, you see somebody um, in, with any, um, I guess, profound disability and you immediately, you, you diagnose them yourself with your eyes. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, so you, and, and to be honest, like, you know, I'm gonna be totally frank here, even I've been in that situation where I've seen somebody, another wheelchair user, uh, for example, and maybe he he looks like he's got even more complex needs than I have. Um, and I found myself second guessing how to approach him, um, especially because I should know better, yeah, you know, from being in a wheelchair myself and being on the other side of the of the conversation. 
Um, but even with me, I found myself thinking, oh, you know, should I, you know, shake his hand? Should I speak to him? You know, should I communicate with the person who is attending to him? Um, so I think the answer to that is, um, I guess my default now is to just treat everybody exactly the same. Yeah. You know, so whether whether you're in a wheelchair, whether you're, you know, you got crutches, whether you're lying in a hospital bed, I treat you exactly the same until you tell me otherwise, until you tell me what you need, right? Um, and I think that's the best approach because it's very dangerous to start making assumptions or start thinking that you know about somebody just by first impressions or, you know, judging a book by its cover, basically. It's so true. And I think everybody's guilty of it at one time or another, right? But to be conscious of that, to understand, because sometimes the people that look perfect on the outside are actually the worst humans. And they're like, you know, they're, they're not amazing. And you're like, wow, this person, your whole perspective changes, you know? And then sometimes you, you were easy to judge and those people end up being the nicest people or have the best stories, you know? And, and I've really learned even from this podcasting journey that sometimes you go into it um, thinking one thing and then it, you're just blown away because you thought they're going to be one way and they're another or vice versa. It's like, wow, this is, this, this is every time it's humbling. Cause it's like, Oh man, you can't assume anything. Like you, just, you, you can't. And it's like, it just, it, it's everybody can teach you something in one way. And the more open you are to that lesson, to that conversation and to the, Hey, what is this person about? The more interesting it gets. Right. Yeah. So, I think so. Yeah. So, all right. How old are you now? So I'm 33. Okay. I turned 33 in February. Cool. So, all right. You, how, so you, you started to grow up. Let's talk about teen years, <clears throat> getting through school. Yeah. And then, you know, what kind of happened? What, what was some of the, what was the journey like? Obviously high school, junior high, or, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. what was that like? Yeah, so so I guess uh, so after the initial struggles or initial um, adversity that I had, you know, making friends and kind of settling into the school system, I actually, you know, I actually blossomed quite a bit um, because as soon as I was able to relax and not be so insecure about my disability and start making friends, I... I actually really enjoyed school <laughs> yeah. um, because I'm, I'm, generally, um, I'm generally quite a social person. I like talking to people. I find it easy to connect and to engage with people. And that's exactly how I was in school. So, you know, I would be the guy, you know, I would have like one of my friends pushing my wheelchair because back in those days I had a manual one. Um, and I'd have like 20 people walking with me and it would be like an entourage. Um, and it, it's, just, it's just how it was, it was just super fun. Um, and so getting to high school, I guess that's when maybe there started to be a bit of a shift. I mean, of course, I still had loads of friends. But, you know, as you get into high school, then you start to mature a little bit. People start to get into relationships, have their first girlfriend. You know, it's prom season. It's all of those kind of things now. Yeah. Um, and so now this, this, this requires another level for me to step up right um because i guess you know just to put it bluntly like who wants to go to the prom with the dude in the wheelchair right you want to go with the the basketball player or the other guy who plays 
for to let's wait or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like the wheelchair dude, as funny and as charismatic as he is, is not your first choice. Um, and so those situations were kind of, were kind of, I guess, difficult at the time, and they kind of made me question. Um, not all the time, but I did have my days when I questioned, you know, if, you know, if, you know, this is real life, right? You know, relationships and, um, you know, later on it's going to be buying a house or driving a car. These are life situations, right? And if I'm unable to, for example, get a girlfriend at school, um, is this going to translate into the rest of my life? Am I going to be struggling? to have a normal life in all the other aspects as well as I get older. Yeah. Um, and so there were those kind of back and forth struggles. Um, but I think what really helped me again here was, well, one thing that helped me was my two closest friends at the time, they were not in relationships. So kind of like the three single dudes <laughs> who were not in relationships, uh, whereas pretty much a, a lot of the other uh, kids in my group had paired up. Um, so that, that helped a little bit because if my two best friends had also been in relationships, it would have kind of sucked a little bit more. Um, and then the other thing was just having, again, that support from home of, you know, my parents, um, my cousins and my sisters telling me, you know, hey, we know you're frustrated about this stuff and you want it to happen now, but almost just putting in me the mindset of, trusting the process and not trying to force myself or, you know, compare myself against anybody because Winston's time will come when it's Winston's time. Yeah, that's, man, I I really, I I love that because your mindset, I can tell has been your biggest, you know, attribute for sure, right? I mean, you're a positive guy. Like you, I could tell just by talking to you that in school, you would have just made the best of it you would have been having fun and people gravitate to that. Right. And a lot of people just get so miserable in those situations and that, that, that forces people away. Right. It repels. And, you know, just from talking to you from very short period of time, I, I, I understand why you've been able to thrive from this. And I just think it's so important that for people to get that mindset right. And it, for me as well, I used to, you know, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of like limited beliefs and doubts that are installed at such an early age that aren't even true. And, you know, and you got to continually to be aware of that and work on that stuff. So what do you, what do you do to kind of stay programmed and keeping that, that high level of thinking instead of getting down? Cause let's be honest, we all get down. We yeah. all have our shitty days. It's not all, you know, sunshines and rainbows. I mean, but it's recognizing that the shitty days will come. But what mm. tools do you have to get through that? Now, for yourself, in your condition, you know, what are some of the stuff that you, you work on on a daily basis? Or does it just come natural to you? It's a good question. I think, um, so maybe, yeah, in, in some ways, maybe my condition has been a bit of a gift because I've always had this, um, I guess awareness of how people are responding to me um, and you know like we said often people are a little bit uncomfortable when they first encounter somebody with a disability like how you said with your friend and they don't know how to approach him they don't know how to speak with him 
um, because we have all this stuff going on up here. Um, so I've become, I guess, really good at reading those situations and of making the person that I'm speaking to, or you know, whether it's you know you and I speaking here on on this um, on this platform, or whether I'm meeting somebody face to face for the first time for a coffee. Um, I think I've built up a skill of, you know, almost showing my personality straight away, you know, um, being quite engaging or as engaging as I can be, um, so that hopefully it then brings that person's defenses down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, so, so that there is no awkwardness, there is no me you know, holding back and you waiting for you to make the first move and speak to me. You know, I'm just going to come at you straight. You know, I'm going to be engaged, energetic. I'm going to be smiling. And then you're going to be like, oh, okay, there's nothing to worry about. Oh, I love it. Uh, um, so, that, so that's one aspect. Um, and then, and, and to be honest, that's something that I didn't realize I was doing until somebody kind of said, you know what, this must be a skill that you, you've developed innately without realizing it. Um, and I think that's really helped me as well in my career because now as a speaker, I have to obviously talk to audiences. And so reading the room and reading how people are responding to me is a big part of what I do, right? Um, so that's really helped with that. And then the other thing is, you know, something that I've really, I've already touched on a little bit, um, which is who you surround yourself with. Um, and, you know, this can, this can be applied to anybody, right? And, just surrounding yourself, not just with people who um, are supportive and tell you what you want to hear. Winston, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're fantastic. Um, but also people who call you up on your own BS, because I also have my days when, you know, I do feel a little bit sorry for myself. Or, you know, if a situation doesn't turn out the way I would have liked it to, I kind of, you know, feel, feel a bit of pity for myself, just like many people do, right? Whether it's in business relationships or any other situation in life but when you surround yourself with those people who kind of give you that kick you know a, a good kick when you start feeling sorry for yourself too much i think that's helped me a lot and it's maybe enabled me not to stay in that um pit of yeah. feeling sorry for myself which is a situation that you know unfortunately i've seen other disabled people find themselves in and not just disabled people, just everybody, um, you know, relationship breaks up, breaks up or a business goes south, you know, and you kind of just want to sit back and dwell on it. So if you surround yourself with that right group, um, of course, you need to feel whatever you need to feel, whether it's anger, frustration, whatever. Um, but don't let it dwell on to a point that it stops you moving forward with the future. Totally. Yeah. It's good to sit and feel it and then let it go. Yeah. Yeah, let it pass through. yeah. Because it's good to go. Like, that's the thing. It's, and you nailed it. You, it's okay to go through that, but you don't want to sit in that spot for too long. It's like, how long are you going to, you know, sit there and allow yourself to dwell on it? It's pointless, but it's good to feel it because when you feel it, you appreciate when things get better and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to go back there. I'm so grateful. Yeah. And that's what causes you to be grateful, right? And you practice gratitude in your life as well because that's been huge for me. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. So, you know, that's a big part of my morning routine. Um, 
So yeah, just give you a quick outline on my morning routine. So I have what I call my power hour. Um, I think Tony Robbins refers to it that way. Um, and it's just basically an hour in the morning. So when I get up, I just want to have this one hour just for me. Um, and so that's no devices. I don't touch my mobile phone or anything digital. I don't watch TV. I start off by by reading the Bible uh, because I'm a Christian. Awesome. So I, spend a, I spend about 20 minutes on that. Um, so it's just it's divided into three parts of 20. So 20 minutes of Bible, 20 minutes of um, either reading a book or journaling, one or the other, depending on the mood. And then the final 20 minutes is actually based around exercise. And for me, that means, you know, movement, stretching, you know, I could blast some music, you know, I've got some really good speakers here, blast some music and, you know, just, just get the energy pumping and flowing. And, you know, that sort of sets me up for the day. And then I kind of close off my routine by having just a couple of minutes to be, to be grateful, not just for everything that's, that sort of led me to where I am today, but also to be grateful in advance for the future. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Tony's, Tony's a great, great guy. He's, he's probably mm. my favorite. To, just, just all about getting your state, you know, raising your state in every way possible, right? And you nailed it. I, I, I love that, the power hour. I might, uh, I might start doing that myself because I have that as well. I'll leave my phone on airplane mode, but like, I like knowing like it's an hour. It's your power of power, you know, to really smash it out. And I like that, man. And you got to take that time for yourself because, you know, you, otherwise you're in reactive mode. You're looking at your phone, your email, and you're just like the rest of your day, you're like a robot. Yes, yes, no. Yeah. And you're, you're looking and it's like, man, I lost control, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, exactly. You, you nailed it as well. You know, it's, you want to, you want to start the day off in control. Um, you don't want to be in reactive mode. You don't want to be. You know, because imagine, you know, the first thing that you're doing, which is what many people do, unfortunately, is, you know, the alarm goes off and the first thing they do is check Facebook or yeah. check check their email. And you see something on Facebook that just frankly pisses you off. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, or, you, or you see an update or whatever, whatever it is. You know, you see your friend got married and, you know, maybe, you know, you're not in a good relationship. Oh, you yeah. see your friend you know, it's going on another holiday and, you know, you haven't been on holiday for two years, you know, those things, even though you might not realize it at the time, they're actually triggering you or they're triggering a, you know, a hit of anxiety and that's not a good way to start. So, you know, block yeah. all that stuff out, have the time for yourself. And after that, you've actually, after you've had your hour, you've actually built up some resilience to take on the rest of the day. You're no longer in reactive mode. You hear that, everybody? Make sure you block off that first hour for yourself. You owe it to yourself. <laughs> it's super important. Yeah, because I'll even, I'm guilty as well. I'll be like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just check for a second. It's just, it's just, it's just the one, you know, because I've, I've had it on airplane mode. I'm like, oh, it, won't, it won't matter. I'll just throw one. I'll just chuck it on for one second. And all of a sudden, I'm like, beep, 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 beep. And then yeah. I get something I like. And then I'm like, oh. And then it just, or maybe something that pisses me off. And then it's like, oh, man, I know. It's just a snowball. And, and you're just telling your bot, you're just telling yourself right from the get go, like, Hey, I'm, I'm easily persuaded into things and you just need to start. And I find making your bed is a good way too. the Tim Ferriss classic thing. Get out of bed, make your bed. Okay. You got one win for the day. 
then you start just ticking off this mental checklist. And then before you know it, you got this stuff done and you're like, I'm doing pretty good today. Maybe I'll do this other thing. Maybe I'll do this other thing. Maybe I'll go to the gym harder, you know, because if you start out slacking, you're going to slack in all areas, your relationships, your business, you're going to go to the gym. You're not going to work hard and it's just going to become a whole day of slack. Right. Exactly. It's all about momentum, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So I'm curious now, have you always wanted to be like a speaker and, um, you know, an influencer and, and, you know, whatever we want to call it, inspirational human, you know, like you know, we're both, we're both on a path to inspire people, obviously. And I love that. But like, have you always wanted to do that? Or is there something else, you know, throughout the journey that you were like, Hey, I want to do this, but now you've realized the impact that you have on people and that you are going to have on people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the second, uh, the second one. So I, I was actually trained to work in IT. So when I went to uni, um, which I think you guys refer to as college. So in college, I, I studied computer science. And so when I graduated, I, I worked for some amazing companies um, in the technology department. So I was actually into software, you know, I was a coder. Um, so hardcore geek, basically, you know, just coding away behind my laptop, you know, that was my life. And I really enjoyed it, um, to be honest, because I've always had a, a passion for technology. I've always enjoyed gadgets. I've always enjoyed, you know, I remember when my mom used to buy me toys, you know, we used to get these remote control cars. I don't know if you ever had them. When you oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and my cousins who were, you know, boys as well, similar age to me, you know, when they would get, you know, their cars, they would be literally straight out outside, you know, racing each other and stuff and, you know, enjoying themselves. But for me, the first instinct when I got mine was to get a screwdriver and open it up and see what was inside. So I was really curious about, you know, the internal workings of things, which kind of got me into trouble a few times because I'd break things that were really expensive and then ask for another one. And my mom would be like, nope, we just broke like, you know, 20 different things in the last 20 days. Um, so, so I guess I've always had that inquisitiveness. And so technology was a natural path for me because I just like solving problems. Um, so yeah, so I did that for a few years. Well, about almost a decade actually. Uh, so since my graduation, did it for about eight or nine years. And then I guess it just got to a point where in my corporate career, I was doing quite well, you know, by society standards, you know, getting the promotions, getting the pay rises, um, you know, traveling, had opportunities to travel to different places, stay in some fancy hotels and do all of that. But internally, and I don't know if you can relate to this, I just felt like there was something missing. I was still not feeling a sense of fulfillment. Um, not that I was super unhappy, but I just felt like this still wasn't my definition of success. Um, and so what I decided to do was to pick up a hobby. And the hobby that I decided to do was public speaking. Um, and initially my thought to public speaking, I didn't think, oh, you know, I'm going to do public speaking and become this amazing speaker, influencer and help so many people. I was actually just doing it, A, to give me something different to look forward to. 
um, and B, just to build up my confidence because as an IT geek, you don't really, well, as you know, the stereotype for IT people, they're not strong communicators, right? So I wanted to build my confidence and learn how to engage. And if I could learn how to engage audiences, that would be a bonus as well. Um, so, so that's how it kind of started. Um, and just to kind of fast forward a bit, I met with a mentor in this public speaking group that I was part of who saw something in me and he said, hey, dude, you know, you could totally do this on a bigger scale if you wanted to, um, which kind of led to me applying for a TED talk, uh, which is the one you mentioned earlier. Um, and then this TED talk kind of went a little bit viral, got a lot of interest in a short space of time. And then I, I started to have organizations approaching me, um, coming over to me and saying, hey, Winston, saw your TED talk. I'd love for you to come and speak at our conference, at our team meeting, you know, various events. And so that's basically how my speaking career started. It was a little bit accidental. Um, but I guess the takeaway here is for anybody who's listening, you know, when you have that, that urge to to do something different or to act on a goal, then just give it a try. Um, especially when it's something low risk as, you know, trying a new hobby or putting yourself in a different environment because you just don't know what opportunities that could create for you going forward. Yeah, very interesting because it's funny how things sort of evolve into what they are. You don't really plan them to be. But then... <clears throat> You feel like there's no doubt that there's an energy when you're talking to people, right? And they're listening and you get, you feed off that. And I mean, I, I know myself, I never realized I liked doing that stuff either until I was forced to do like a, almost like a staff meeting that I wasn't prepared for. I met back in the day, had to like present, I was used to run bars, right? And I, and all of a sudden my boss was away and I had to present to all the big shots what we're doing. And I'm like, oh shit, like. And, but there was some weird, there was some weird adrenaline thrill I got from it. I was like, wow, that was, that was crazy. And then, you know, it's something that I think once you get a taste of that, it's something you want to do. And I haven't actually been a speaker, but it's interesting listening to you and, and, and hearing that because, you know, we kind of, we have so much to give people and it's almost like a waste. If you have that, you're not channeling it in help, trying to help people and, Nowadays is such a good time too, because there's so many people that are just lost, right? And you, just to, just for people to hear that connection, because you know there's so many things online, there's all this stuff, but it's good to get into person and actually have those speaking engagements, because you know people, somebody needs what you got, and even having like these talks, these kind of things, even podcasts or whatever, um, kind of helps you sort of channel that and build your confidence, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. And, um, and and I really like what you said there about story. You know, everybody has a story and you can learn from, you know, so many other people's stories as well. You know, even if they live, live in a different part of the world, you know, have a completely different background, completely different family relationships, you know, just by sharing our story, we can still help a lot of people. And I mean, this isn't to say that everybody should now go out and stand on the stage and speak. Um, because public speaking isn't for everybody. No, but that's they're, they're, Yeah, there are different platforms. I mean, what you're doing here is phenomenal um, on this platform. And, you know, there are people who will be better suited to writing, the people who will be better suited to 
um, delivering their message through social media or the various other platforms. So we're lucky to live in an age where there's so many mediums and so many ways of you know, sharing your story and your lessons and your message to a massive audience. And most of it is free. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a crazy world. There's, there's a, there's so much opportunity out there. Right. So I, um, what is your, what is your message for people though, that are, you know, facing limited beliefs or lack of confidence? Well, what can they do to sort of get themselves into the state of following what they want to do? You know, what are some tips that you can give them that, that for people that are like, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not, you know, that's, that's not me limitations because you've obviously proven those limitations wrong. So I would love to know what your thoughts are with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, well, first of all, be very aware of your self-talk. You know, if you're somebody who keeps saying, you know, you know, that voice in your head that keeps saying, you know, I'm not confident, I'm not good enough. I'm not, um, I'm not good with money. My relationships always break up my business ideas are always crappy you know if you have those thoughts all the time you're basically programming yourself and you know as you know the law of attraction what you think about eventually manifests in your life in some way shape or form um so pay attention to that um but that's really really difficult to do on your own so the other thing that i'll suggest is again put yourself in the right environment whether that's Family, if you have positive family relationships, fantastic. Leverage those. You know, speak to your parents, speak to your siblings, speak to whoever is around that you see as a good and positive influence. However, not everybody has those positive family relationships. Some people are born into, you know, broken homes or family situations that are not ideal, right? And so for those people, you know, what do they do? Um, Luckily, like we said, we live in a digital age. We live in an age where there's so many events and so many inspiring things happening. You know, if you live in a big city, you know, like Vancouver, you know, I'm sure there's various networking events that I could go to. You know, if I wanted to learn more about personal development, if I wanted to learn more about entrepreneurship or about, you know, sales or whatever it is that I want to learn about. So, you know, if you haven't got those relationships at home, step out of the house and go find them. Be proactive, right? Put yourself in a room where people are thinking at a higher level than you are. Um, because what happens is if you're in a room, there's 10 people in a room, you know, nine of them are super positive. They're talking about, you know, for example, if this was a business situation, and you're having a lot of doubt about starting a business, you're having a lot of doubt about being a successful entrepreneur, all of a sudden you're in a room, 10 people, the other nine people are talking about you know, their achievements, they're talking about how many deals they've done this week, they're talking about you know, how many clients you know, they've been able to sign up this week. All of a sudden, that forces you to raise your game because you don't wanna be the only guy in that room who's not stepping up, who's not at least making the effort to crush it. So, you know, for me, that's been extremely powerful, making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who are not at my level, you know, are playing above my level so that I've always got 
something to aspire to. Awesome. Where can where can we find you, my man? <clears throat> I am everywhere, dude. So probably the easiest place <laughs> is <laughs> yeah, probably the easiest place is to go on my website, which is winstonclements.com. And once you're on my website, you know, for anybody who hasn't had an opportunity to watch it, my TED Talk is on the website, so check it out. And also my social media links, they're all on the website. So if you're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you come on pretty much every major platform. So just go on winstonclements.com, watch the video, and then follow me on any channel that's appropriate to you. Awesome. Okay, there's one question I always ask, and it's kind of it's kind of tied into what you just said, but I always ask it because this is kind of like the always the the thing that I ask the one question. So, um, it's okay if we got to repeat what you think is the best. But what's your one tip to for somebody listening to overcome adversity to go on to become successful or get through whatever they're getting through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say something different. So. The other tip that I would add, in addition to what we said already, is don't compare yourself to anybody else, um, which we kind of touched on, but didn't really dive into it. So, you know, in this age, you know, we said we're in a digital age where it's so easy for me to go on Instagram and check out, you know, check out Lance's Instagram and see he's got 100K followers. I've only got 7K followers. You know, this guy's that many times better than me. No, yeah, so, yeah but... <laughs> yeah. It's so easy it's so easy to do that and people fall into that trap and it actually starts to erode their self confidence. And I don't you probably have some experience of seeing people in this situation. Yeah, it's so, it's yeah. tough. That's definitely I definitely agree with you. You can't compare yourself to others because I was the same way and, and it would actually ruin my day going and looking at what other people are doing. It would actually ruin my day. And yeah. now it's nobody's business. It's not your business what other people are doing. It has no relevance in your life. Like, it's crazy how we, how we can get down from looking and seeing stuff on someone else's thing. They have a whole different life. They have, they have nothing. Just because they may be doing maybe the same journey that you're on, that doesn't mean that their experiences are going to be the same. Like, it's crazy. It's insane. And, and oftentimes you're comparing you know you're comparing your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10 or chapter 20 right yeah you know they've, they've been in the game much longer they've had their failures they've had their challenges of course they're not going to document all the horrible stuff on instagram <laughs> they're only going to show you the highlights right so you're watching somebody else's highlight reel and you're letting it get you down because you're comparing a highlight reel to real life yeah. real life is not always pretty um it's not always shiny and you know sunshine and rainbows as we said earlier so that'll be my top tip and you know social media is it, it you know it, it's polarizing because some people think it's good some people think it's bad um but i guess a practical thing which i try to do is when i use social media i try to use it more in creation mode than in consumption mode mm. Because when, and actually apply an 80-20 rule here. So I want to be creating stuff on social media 80% of the time that I'm on it. And consuming is 20% of the time. Um, because otherwise, for people who find themselves constantly 
consuming on social media you're consuming you know you're watching all your friends all your um you know all your business competition or whoever else it is that you follow and you're just literally consuming 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 but while you're consuming you're not taking any action on what it is that you have to do yeah right and and so it is true you're falling further and further behind because you're not taking any action so the big tip here would be don't compare and use social media more in creation mode so that you do actually start to catch up with those people who you see as mentors and role models. Oh, I love that. That's great. The 80, 20 rule there. That's, that's really solid, man. Cause if you can think about that in your head, like, Hey, am I creating 80% of the time here or am I consuming 80% of the time? That's solid. I, I really like that. I haven't heard that. And I think that's super, super valuable, man. So thank you for that. And I really appreciate you coming on, man. You have a great story. So excited to follow your journey and, you know, to see where you end up and how many people you inspire, which is um, going to be a, a ton, man. So I just want to say thank you so much. And yeah, that was, this was great, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. And hopefully we'll get to catch up someday if I'm in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. You let me know. All right, guys, make sure you check him out. Winston Clements, he's got some great stuff. Go check out his TED Talk right now and follow him. If you haven't followed him, make sure you follow him on Instagram. Facebook. He's everywhere. Inspiring guy. Love you guys. Have a great day. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I told you it was going to be an inspiring story. Such a cool guy. Um, I can't wait to see what he can create and what he is creating. A lot of it is just your attitude, your perspective on life, you know, and you got to know how to dance with the adversity and you got to roll with the punches. So make sure you go check out Winston Clements. Awesome guy, Ted Talk, and he's just beginning. So have an amazing day, guys. Love and appreciate all of you. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.